speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, my friends, too often, yes, too often, we get it all wrong as Christians. For example, when we think of the Bible, or when we hear the Bible read to us, the majority of us will not listen to what is actually being said, but instead, yes, instead, we will hear what we want to hear. That's the way it is with much of life. More often than not, we like our Bible stories to be pious. We like our Bible stories to be happy and pleasant. You see, we think of the Bible as a book that contains good, wholesome stories that serve as lessons to make us more moral. Take the book of Genesis, for example. When we think of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we think of Adam and Eve, and we think about them skipping through the Garden of Eden while naming all the furry little animals. We think of Noah. Yes, Noah and his ark with peaceful animals on the ark and a beautiful rainbow shining down upon Noah's face. And then there is Father Abraham and Lot and Jacob and Judah. We think of them as these great steadfast fathers of our faith. So what's the point? The point is that our way of thinking creates two categories. Yes, when we think this way, we create two categories. We create the category of good and bad. So, when we look at stories in the Bible, we want to put bad people into the bad category and good people into the good category. Therefore, since we like Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Lot and Jacob and Judah, since we like them, we put them in the good category. And then here's the catch. We don't mention all the bad things they have done. We choose not to hear that. We do not want to hear about the bad things they have done because we want to keep them in that good category. If all the Bible characters are in the good category and we are in the good category as well, yes, if we are in that good category as well, then everything is fine and everything is dandy. In our life, we have peace. All is well. 
But we have a problem. We have a very big problem. In today's gospel reading from the gospel of Matthew, get this, Jesus, he did not stay in the good category. Jesus, he did not stay in that good category. But he crossed the line and he placed himself into that bad category when he came to John to be baptized in the Jordan River. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, what? Uh, Jesus, he can't do that. Jesus, he belongs obviously in that good category with Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Lot, Jacob and Judah and me as well and you, all of us. Well, my friends, Jesus does just that. He leaves that good category and he goes right to that bad category in a reading from the Gospel of Matthew when he steps into that Jordan River, when he puts his toe into that river. You see, John the Baptist baptized anywhere from 200,000 to a half a million, 500,000 people in that muddy Jordan River some 2,000 years ago. John, he was calling the ragamuffins and the hobos and the vagrants and the bums and the riffraff and the sinners of Israel to come to that dirty water to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. In other words, John's baptism in that Jordan was for sinners only. Only those in the bad category. So when Jesus, when he came along and when he stepped into the waters of that Jordan, well, Jesus messed everything up. That is why John would have no part of this absurd and foolish game that Jesus was playing. You see, by wanting to be baptized, Jesus was crossing the line. He was crossing over from good to the bad category. From the good category where he belonged into the bad category where he did not, definitely did not belong. Now, dear baptized saints, This is the nature of the Christian faith, for this is who your Jesus is. Even though Jesus is completely and totally sinless, hear that again, even though he is completely and totally sinless, your Jesus entered into the waters of that Jordan River, water that was polluted by Israel's sin. Jesus, who is that sinless lamb of God, he he submitted himself to the baptism that sinful Israel was ongoing. Jesus, who is the mighty, perfect Savior and the one who will execute justice and judgment on the last day. Well, that Jesus, he stepped into the river contaminated by idolatry and profanity and rebellion and murder and hate and adultery and lust and theft and dishonesty and lying and betrayal and the coveting of Israel. By being baptized in that dirty, sinful water by John the Baptist, Jesus is not only standing with sinners in that bad category, but he begins his ministry where he takes the place of sinners in that bad category. And so, dear baptized saints, this is all rather quite simple. You see, the goal is not for us to escape that bad category and get to Jesus in the good category, for we will not find Jesus in the good category. Jesus did not come for the righteous, those in the good category, but he came to sinners, those in the bad category. He seeks out sinners. He comes to us. 
Now, remember all those people from the book of Genesis. All those people from the book of Genesis. As it turns out, they are really not moral heroes after all. That is to say, the book of Genesis is not a book showing us heroes that we need to copy, and they are not telling us stories. The book of Genesis is not telling us stories that we must aspire to. No, in Genesis, we read about Adam and Eve standing naked, pointing fingers at each other before God in complete and total disobedience and rebellion. We read about Noah. Noah getting drunk and then one of his sons dishonoring him in his bedroom. We hear about Abraham. Get this, Abraham, who tried to give his wife away to another man to save his own neck. And then to boot, Abraham, he also slept with one of his slaves to produce a child because, get this, it was his wife's idea. However, later on, Abraham's wife, well, she became jealous and frustrated with this idea. So she kicked the slave woman and that child out of the house so that they could live in poverty. And then Lot, well, Lot, he offered up his daughters to a violent mob to satisfy their violence. And Jacob and Judah, uh, they have a rap sheet a mile long as well. In other words, Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Lot, Jacob, and Judah are not heroes of the faith. They certainly are not. They're not heroes of the faith because they somehow victoriously escaped that bad category and they arrived victoriously in that good category. No, they're not heroes. But they are indeed, in another way, heroes of the faith. They're heroes of the faith not because of what they did or accomplished, but because they trusted in the Messiah. They trusted in the promises of God. They understood and believed that the Lord has always been and always will be for repentant sinners, to forgive and to renew and to sanctify sinners. They knew that a pretend flawless performance meant absolutely nothing before God, that it was scubala, as the Apostle Paul says. They knew that when their pride was shattered into a thousand pieces, when, when they knew that their hearts were tattered and torn, when they were crushed to a fine powder and repentance, that this did not escape the Lord's notice. For they knew that the Lord God is rich in mercy and abounding in grace for broken down, tattered, repentant sinners such as themselves. Yes, such as themselves. So baptized saints, practically speaking, what does this all mean for us right here at St. Paul's? Well, perhaps we should put a sign outside of this back door. Well, if we're going to do that, we should put a sign on every door and a sign out front of the church saying this, St. Paul's Lutheran Church, a church for sinners only. Yes, for sinners only. The reason being Christ began his ministry by being baptized with sinners. He completed his earthly ministry when he died for sinners He is the God-man who comes to find you not in that good category because, frankly, it does not exist, but to find you in the bad category. Case in point, Christ met you as a sinner in baptism. And when he met you in those waters of that baptism, of your baptism, he snatched you from darkness unto light, giving you faith. Christ, he hears you as a sinner in your confession He hears your confession, I, a poor, miserable sinner. 
And then he forgives you with his word of absolution. He meets you as sinners with open hands and kneeling here at this rail. And then he lays life and salvation upon your tongues and into your bellies so that you might know you're forgiven for eternity. Indeed, absolution, the remembrance of your baptism, the preached word, the holy sacrament, they are all for sinners only. Sinners like you. And sinners especially like me. Martin Luther, in a letter to Friar George, in 1516, he commented on this very idea of Christ identifying with sinners. It is a most excellent quote. Here's what Luther says to Friar George. Therefore, my dear Friar Learn Christ and him crucified. Learn to praise him and despairing of yourself, friar. Learn to say this. Lord Jesus, you are my righteousness, just as I am your sin. You've taken upon yourself what is mine and have given to me what is yours. You've taken upon yourself what you were not and have given to me what I was not. And Luther goes on to say this. This is just great. He goes on to say this. He says to Friar, he says, Beware of aspiring to such purity that you will not wish to be looked upon as a sinner or to be one. For Christ dwells only in sinners. On this account, he, Christ, he descended from heaven where he dwelt among the righteous to dwell among sinners. Meditate on this love, this love of his. And you will see his sweet consolation. You will learn from him that just as he received you, so he has made your sin his own and has made his righteousness yours. Baptized saints of St. Paul's, beware of aspiring to such purity that you will not wish to be looked upon as a sinner or to be one. For Christ dwells only in sinners. He has made your sin his own and made his righteousness yours. He sought out the bad category to give you his good category, not by your merit, not by your piety, not by your strength, but because of his rich mercy and his abounding grace given to you as a gift as a sheer gift, completely for you. Christ comes for sinners. He steps into the waters of the baptism. He approaches your sin at that cross, and he says it is finished, and he considers it all well worthwhile for you. All gift. Christ, our Savior, in the name of Jesus, who was made to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Lord, 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 Lord,